Okay, so we're up to Daf Mem Gimel Amid Aleph. Boy Mine Revavina Merav Sheshis, about five lines into the page. Boy Mine Revavina Merav Sheshis. So the halacha is, huh? The halacha is that after a person passes away, his daughter is supported by his sons from the, it's part of the Ksuba. Part of the Tanai Ksuba is that when a woman will have a daughter, uh, that daughter will be taken care of until she's married. She'll be supported by the brothers. The money goes to the brothers, and the brother will take care of the daughters. Uh, so the question is like this. The sons get the money, but they have to support, financially, they have to support the sisters. So the question is like this. Yesterday we said that a girl, under, under the age of bat mitzvah, under the age of a naira, uh, a begaris, I'm sorry, up to 12 and a half, all her earnings go to her dad. The question is, after the father goes away, now that she's being supported by her brothers, does her earnings go to her brothers? That's the question. You have a daughter that's being supported by her brothers. Who gets her earnings? Do we say that the brothers are instead of the father? Meaning, they're in, just like the father was supporting her, now the brothers are supporting her. Just like when the father was alive, he got the earnings. So now the earnings should go to the brother. Or perhaps it's not comparable. Over there, the father was supporting from his own pocket, so it makes sense that he should get the earnings. Because it's his own money. But over here, the brothers are not paying from their own pocket. The brothers are paying from um, the father's pocket. So why should they get the earnings? That's the Gemara's kasha. So I'm relay. Let me just turn the... Uh, what, do you, what do you mean the father's pocket? The father is dead. Well, it's the father's money. Okay. Meaning... But it doesn't belong to the father. If he's dead, so now it's there. So it's technically there. Yeah, but it's not like the, the father... The father was paying from his own pocket. So it makes sense that because he was sacrificing that, he should get the earnings. The, the sons have no choice. It's not like they're choosing to pay. It's part of the stipulation when they got the inheritance is they have to spend money on their sister. Why should they get the earnings? Ah. That's the point. Let me just turn, ah. the, uh, let me just turn that fan on. Sorry, my temperature is a little bit off. It feels like it's on the surface of the sun here. I'm sure it's not. It, they always feel nice. Part of not being able to breathe from your nose is... I know, I gotta, I gotta take ginger. When you, say part, when you say it's part of the stipulation, you mean that the father said in the... No, it's in the Ksuba. It's in the Ksuba. It's in the Ksuba. In the Ksuba it says, in, in the Ksuba it says that when the wife and the husband have a daughter, the daughter will be supported by the sons after the husband's death. So, in all Ksuba, that's it? Well, that's I mean, it? in the Gemara's Ksuba. I, 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 to be honest with you, I, I, I don't know... Ours does not say it, but I guess it's, it was, now it's understood, I guess, because it was in the Ksubas at the time of the Gemara. Um, so the Gemara, that's the Gemara's Kasha. So Amrle, so the question is again, who gets the earnings of the daughter? So he says, Tenisua, well, I'll prove it to you. Um, the, wife, the widow also gets supported from, the, from the, the brothers, meaning the same way the brothers have to take care of their sister, they have to take care of their mother. And she also gets supported from that dowry, and that's part of the ksub as well. Now, who gets her earnings? We say that it goes to the brothers. So if the mother's earnings go to the brothers because she's supported, wouldn't it make sense that the daughter's earnings also? The Gemara says, The widow 
is supported from her sons, and her earnings go to the brothers, go to the sons. So you see that if you're supported, you get the earnings. So to the daughter. So the Gemara says, no. The Gemara says, no, it could be the father... By the widow, the father does not want the widow to make money. Why, why should the father care about the widow making money? Therefore, the making money goes to the sons. But it could be that he wants his daughter to make money. So Rashi, well, it's not that he doesn't want his widow. He doesn't care. So it makes sense that because they're paying, they get her earnings. Why should he care? If anything, he probably wants all the money to go to the sons because that's the, the, the pot. But the daughter... The more money she has on her own, the less they have to pay when she gets married, the dowry. So you actually want the daughter to make money. So it could be the father is nichale, that the father wants the widow to, to, does not want the widow to make money, doesn't care, so therefore the money goes to the sons. But the daughter, he specifically wants her to make money on her own, independent. So it could be because there's an assumed a desire of independence, the father does not necessarily want the daughter to, to, to have to give up all her earnings. Okay. That, that, that would be the distinction. So the Gemara is saying, now the Gemara, it's, it's an interesting question. The Gemara is now saying that we treat the wife, the widow, worse than the daughter. Like the widow's earnings go to the sons, but the daughter, her earnings she gets to keep. Right. So it's like... Correct. Well, it's not treated worse. I mean, in this context, it makes sense. The Gemara says, but wait a minute, we have a contradiction in how they're treated. Um, you're telling me that we treat the daughter better than the widow? The halach is like this, that it, normally the, 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 the inheritance goes to the sons and they have to support the daughter. Now this is a concept that if they don't have enough money to support the family for a year, let's say he left very little money over, the halach is it goes to the daughters and the sons have to collect money tzedakah. That's a takana from Chazal. That generally the sons get the inheritance and the daughters are supported, but if there's not enough money for both, we make it that the daughters get the money and the sons have to knock on the doors because it's embarrassing for... No, that's so it's easier for women to collect money. No, it is, but we still don't make them do it. We had that it's easier for women to, to meet. Gullus is harder for a man, but we still but we still don't make the daughter. It's still more embarrassing to have to collect money door to door. So the the sons get the money and the daughter doesn't. The halach is that's sons and daughters. What if there's not enough money to support sons, daughters, and the widow? The halach is the widow gets the money. And the daughter and the sons have to collect. Oh, so you see, we treat the wi- widow better than the daughter. So do we treat the widow better than the daughter, or the daughter better than the widow? So the answer is very simple. So when it comes to degrading her, collecting money, we treat the widow better. She's older. We don't want to make her collect the money. But when it comes to collecting their own paycheck, we treat the daughter better. And again, it makes sense, because the daughter is going to need a dowry. So she's going to need her own money. So it makes more sense that we would want her to keep it. So it's not a matter of like, it just depends on the context. It depends on the situation. Okay. <clears throat> so right now we're discussing who gets her earnings after the husband passed away. Does it go to the brothers? Does she keep it? Masiv, Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef asked the question. It's said in the Mishnah, her earnings and any, any lost objects that she finds, Avbishle even if it was not collected yet. So let's say she has a paycheck coming to her, but it wasn't collected yet. Um, it belongs to the brothers. Okay. 
because the father died, it belongs to the brothers. The implication is that the only reason why it goes to the father is because the father was alive when she had the paycheck. But once the father dies, it no longer goes to the brothers, it goes to her. So you see from, this, from our Mishnah that after the father's death, she gets her own paycheck. Now the question is, is she being supported by the brothers? And the Chiddush is that even though she's supported by the brothers, she keeps her own paycheck. Dies. She gets her own paycheck. So we're trying to figure out what is the halacha when she's being supported by the brothers. Now there is a scenario where the brothers are not supporting her. What if the father left no inheritance? So then she's not getting supported by the brothers. Then it's Pasha, she gets her own paycheck. So the question is when the Mishnah implies that she gets her own paycheck, is it referring to a scenario where she's, supporting, she's supported by the brothers and still she keeps her own paycheck and that answers our question? Or is Dafka referring to a case where she's not being supported by the brothers? But had she been supported by the brothers, maybe she doesn't get her own paycheck. So my love, Nizoinus, are we not referring to a case where she's being supported by the brothers and yet she still keeps her own paycheck? The answer is loy, Nizoinus. No. The answer is really if she's supported by the brothers, she doesn't keep her own paycheck. But when does the mission imply when she keeps her own paycheck? That's when she's not supported by the brothers. So the Gemara asks an obvious question. If she's not supported by the brothers, do you really need to tell me that she doesn't give them? She, so you tell me there was a possibility without this Mishnah that she's not supported by brothers, but she has to give them a paycheck? It's worse than a slave. The halacha is that you can't make, uh, can't make a Jewish slave work and give you his proceeds if you don't su- and support him. So you're telling me there's a possibility that she would have to give the brothers the paycheck if she's not being supported by them? Like, oh, the Mishnah has to tell you, no, she keeps it. Like, what was the Havamina? The Gemara says... If she's not being supported by the brothers, then what's the Chiddush? Even if you can tell a non-Jewish slave, which according to one opinion you could, that you're going to work for me and I'm not going to pay you, you're going to give me your paycheck but I'm not going to support you, that's only true with a non-Jewish slave. But when it comes to a Jew that they're part of our people, you're not allowed to make a Jewish slave work and not support him. So Kolshkin Bitai. So you're telling me that there was a possibility? So what's the Havamini, right? We had a Raya that she keeps her own paycheck when she's being supported. And the Raya says, no, 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 she's not being supported. And the Chiddush is that she keeps her own paycheck. And the Raya says, well, what would I think? That she's, she, that what was the Havamini? That she's being not supported by the brothers, but she has to give them a paycheck? Well, of course not. So the answer is, It could be Taka, she's not being supported. Have to get breath. Really, she's not being supported. And what's the chiddush that she doesn't give him the paycheck? So you'll say to yourself, why would she have to give him the paycheck if she's, she's not being supported? The chiddush is, she maybe you might think that she has to give the paycheck above her her needs. I mean, let's say she needs two thousand dollars a month to survive. Of course, she doesn't have to give up the two thousand dollars to the brothers. That that'd be ridiculous. But what if she's making ten grand? So you might think that she should give them what's above necessity, the, you know, the, the put-in-the-bank money. Kamash no. So it could be, really, she's not being supported. And therefore, it's not a riotar discussion. I, what's the chiddush then? That she's not being supported and she doesn't give up the paycheck? Why would I think she does? The answer is because she's making a lot more money than she needs. She's putting in the bank. So you might think that after the father's death, the pool goes to the brothers. Kamash no. So Rav Yosef had, so that was, that was um, the kasha was Rav Yosef. And, uh, th- th- that again, that implies the Gemara rejected it because uh, it's talking about again, the Gemara rejected it because it's talking about she's not being supported, and the Gemara said if she's not being supported it's Pasha. The answer is it's talking about she's making a lot more than she needs to survive. So 
No, no, even the money that's above, she keeps, but that's a chiddush. That's the chiddush. So the Gemara points this out. So like Rav Yosef was shocked by this, right? There was a raya, and then the Gemara said, no, it's talking where she's not being supported. Then Rav Yosef said, if she's not being supported, what's the, what's the havamina? And the answer was, she's making more money. The, the, the Gemara makes an interesting point. You tell me Rav Yosef didn't know that answer? Like, he made it tiyufta. Rav Yosef was so bothered that, like, if she's not being supported, what's the havamina? When the answer is apparently obvious. So, like, there's got to be something more to this. So the Gemara says, El Rav Yosef, What was bothering of Yosef is the Mishnah itself. Forget about the Yukon. The Mishnah itself didn't make sense to him. Diktani. It said in the Mishnah, yeah, this is a problem when you read the Mishnah. There's one word that doesn't make sense. The Mishnah says that her earnings that she did not yet collect, right? so she has a paycheck, but she didn't collect it yet, but she knows she's getting it the first of each month. So it's a paycheck that she didn't collect. The Mishnah says it belongs to the uh, father, as long as the father's alive. Then it said her lost objects that she did not yet collect. How do you, how do you not collect a lost object? You see it, you pick it up. What does it mean that like this? Like a lost object that she did not yet collect. It didn't. It doesn't make sense. That was what was bothering me. I said, "Stop! Forget about the the mission itself." Doesn't I make sense. How do you know it's going to be there? It, the the point of the mission is that every time a little girl under twelve and a half picks up a lost object, it goes to the dead. So the mission is saying that if there's a lost object that she did not yet collect yet, what, what does it mean? It's not yours until you pick it up. But she sees it. Who says she's going to get to it first? What do you mean? It's a lost object she didn't yet collect. It doesn't make any sense. So the Gemara says rather. What the Mishnah is really telling you is Her earnings is like a lost object. Just like a lost object. It only goes to the father when the father's alive. And after the father's death, all lost objects go to her, not to the brothers. So to her earnings after her death, after the father's death, it goes to her. So you see from the Mishnah itself that after, her, after the father's death, the earnings do not go to the brother, it goes to her. Okay, Shmami no. End of conclusion. Now, so we're paskining that after the father's death, the earnings go to her, not to the brothers. Itmar Nami, the truth is, there's a Braisa that speaks this out clearly. Amrav Yehuda, Ravida says, Amrav, Basa Nizaynes Menachin, that after the father dies, although the daughter is supported by her brothers, Maisidel Latzma, she keeps her earnings. Amrav Kahana, my time, what's the source? Dixiv, Isanalachtem. The Pasuk says that non-Jewish slaves are given over to inheritance, so after the father dies, the slave goes to the brothers. The slave goes in his inheritance, but not the sister. Meaning, the father does not have the right to give over the sister to the brothers that, like, now, uh, you know, uh, now that uh, they get her earnings. doesn't work. She's not a slave that goes over in inheritance. Okay, so that's the source. That the father does not have the right to give over the sister, and that it means, what does that mean? What does it mean doesn't have the right to give over the sister? It means, inheritance-wise, uh, it, it means regarding her earnings, the father does not have the right to give over the earnings to the brothers. Because again, the Pasuk is saying that the, 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 the daughter is not given over inheritance to the brothers. In what capacity? It means regarding her earnings. The Gemara says, Maskifla Rabba, Rabbah says maybe talk of the earnings are given over to the brothers. And what does the Pasuk mean when it says that the daughter is not given over inheritance? It means that the, the penalties that the father would get are not given over to the brother. Meaning, 
Maybe the earnings are, because the earnings are consistent. Maybe we talk and give that over to the brothers. And when the Pasuk says that, that the daughter is not given over inheritance to the, to the brothers, it's referring to any penalties that the father would get. Like trafficking. Or rape. Yeah. Maybe, that, maybe that's what it's referring to. So, I mean, how do you know? All you see from the Pasuk is that the daughter is not given over inheritance financially to the brothers. Maybe, so we're saying, oh, that means the earnings are not giving. Maybe it's not the earnings. Maybe the earnings are given over to the brothers because they're consistent and we know they're going to happen. So Chazal gave them over. But what, what's not given over is the penalties or knasos uh, chavalos or any injuries she gets. Now, the Gemara just parenthetically points out that it implies that any injury the daughter has goes to the father. That's actually not true. Um, when a daughter has an injury, just not, like someone hits her, Someone punches her in the stomach and she has to go to the hospital. When you pay for that injury, it actually does not go to the father. It goes into a, is a whole sugi in Babakama. It goes into um, uh, an escrow. It goes into a bank account that she gets when she's older. So the Gemara just points out that you said that maybe it's referring to injury, which goes to the father. Now it doesn't go to the brothers. It never goes to the fathers. So the Gemara says, Chavolus. Um, the Gemara says, Chavalos uh, are actually never given over to the father. They're put in escrow. Go to the next page. The cases where she was punched in the face. That's an injury, but that affects her market value. So because it affects her market value, it actually does go to the father. So maybe that's what it's referring to, when that it's not given over to the brothers. But the earnings maybe is. Okay, so we, we rejected that possibility. If you have a daughter that's supported by the brothers, she keeps her earnings. We give over slaves and inheritance. That slaves are given over inheritance, but daughters are not given over to inheritance to the brothers. Okay, so that's the conclusion. This statement that the earnings go to her was said over by Shokid. Shokid means like the Masmid. Who is that? Manu Shmuel. Shmuel. I Harav Amr. I thought Rav said it. Right? We just quoted, quoted Rav, not Shmuel. It's both Rav and Shmuel. That's the Halacha. The Halacha follows Roshashas. And Ravashi Amr. Um, so actually, Rav Sheshis actually felt that the earnings go to the brothers. Um, so it's a machlekes. Do we paskin that it goes to the brothers? Or does, it, does she keep it? It's machlekes Rav Sheshis and Rav, and it's a machlekes how we paskin. Okay. Fine. New topic. Um, I'm getting through. Baruch Hashem. As long as I have not, I'm still breathing. Still sitting upright, we're good to go. Misha says like this: Hamaaris says bitoy. If someone um, marries off his daughter, she does erisin, vigirsha, and then she gets divorced, and then he marries off her again, irsa, vinisarmala, and then she becomes widowed. So she gets two ksubas, right? Ksubasa shaloi. Both ksubas are actually she only gets the second ksuba midirabona. So right, so who gets the second ksuba? The second ksuba goes to the father. Meaning because she never had Nisuin, she's still under the father's jurisdiction. But Hesia but if he married her off and then she got divorced, or Hesia or he married her off and then she became widowed, Her ksuba is hers because the second she actually goes to Nisuin, the severance is done. Rav Yehuda Oimah Harishainishal Av. 
Rav Yudah actually says the, the ksuba actually belongs to the father. Why? We'll have to figure this out. But that means that because she had Erisin, because she had Erisin and Kedushin and Nesuin when she was still a child, although the Nesuin severs it, the ksuba is somehow related to the time period before Nesuin. So the father actually gets the first, the first ksuba. Amrulay, they said, in they said no. Once she has, once she enters the chuppah, the father's jurisdiction is over. So the rabbanon says, so she, she, the father doesn't get the ksuba because the ksuba is after the marriage ends. Review this says no. The ksuba is somehow related to the father's actions before she gets married. Okay, before she walks down the chuppah. Okay. Now two quick sugyas. Um The Mishnah said, you. Married off your daughter, Arison, and then she got divorced, then Arison, then she got widowed. Why not just widowed twice? Well, why did it say divorced and then widowed? Just do widowed twice. So the Chiddush is, this follows the opinion of Rebbe. Right? There's a famous Shiloh, Rebbe, and Shem Gamliel. How many times does a person have to do something before it becomes a Chazaka? It's either two or three. We know that once a woman's husband dies a certain amount of times, she can't marry anyone. According to Rebbe, once you die twice, you're out. So the Mishnah didn't want to pick that case because then you could deduce that she can't marry anymore. So it said divorce and then widowed as opposed to widow-widow because then you could start deducing that the marriage, she can never get married again and we don't want to get involved with such negativity. So the Gemara says, The, the Mishnah was specific when it said divorce and then widow. But if it was widowed twice, you actually can't get married anymore. After widow twice, you're out. And parenthetically, our Mishnah follows the view of Rabbi Dom Shezim Nehavi Chazaka, that it's Chazaka after two times. Okay. Fine. One last sugya. Very important to understand what we're talking about. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the father marries off the daughter at 11 and a half. She has Kedushin, she enters the Chuppah, full wedding. She gets divorced a day later. Who gets the ksuba? It's the Rabbanon say, the daughter, because the second she enters the chuppah, she severed her relationship with her father. Ravida says, no, the father gets the first ksuba from that marriage. Subsequent marriage is not, but that marriage gets the ksuba. Why? What's the connection between the ksuba? Why does the father get it? That's what we're trying to figure out. So the Gemara says, My time is the Rabbi Yehuda. What's Rabbi Yudashita? So Rabbi Rabbi Yosef Damitavayu, Hayal Meshas Erisin Zacha Ben Av. Rab and Rabbi Yosef feel that the Ksuba really goes back to the time of Kedushin. Meaning, the Chiyuvei Ksuba begin at the time of Kedushin. Once you do Kedushin, and you're entering in marriage, and we know that marriage requires a Ksuba, then the Chiyuvei Ksuba begin at the Kedushin, and at the time of Kedushin, the father's relationship with the daughter was still strong. The se- it's only severed by the Chuppah, by the Nesuin, but the Kedushin, it's still intact. And because the Ksuba goes back, the Chiyuvei Ksuba goes back to the Kedushin, the father gets it. Here's the problem. Masif Rabba Rava Rabbi the Aymeri Shana Shalav Maid Rabbi the Maris Bita Kishikitano Bagravachnis Shain Lava Rishusba Amai Hanami Lema Hoyal Mashas Erisin Zachavana Av. Here's the problem. Why does the father get the Ksuba? Because the Ksuba really begins from the time of Kedushin, a year before. The time of Kedushin, they were still they still had a relationship. Here's the problem. What's the halacha? The father marries her off, she has Kedushin. A year later she has Nesuin, but by that time she's 13. She's already above, she's aged out. What's the halacha? And then she gets divorced, the father doesn't get it. Why? Because by the time she got married, 
it was already aged out. But wait a minute. If you're telling me that the Chiyuvik Suba go back to the Kedushin, so over here, it should go back to the Kedushin as well. You understand? Meaning if the, if the reason why the father gets it is because the Chiyuvik Suba stemmed from the Kedushin, and at the time of Kedushin, their relationship was still intact, then why in the case did she, when she aged out, so she had Kedushin when she was 12, then she had Nesuin when she was 13. The father doesn't get the Ksuba. Why? But the Ksuba, if the Ksuba stems from the Kedushin, at the time of Kedushin, she was still young enough. So therefore the Gemara rejects it. It's not that the Ksuba begins from the time of Kedushin. Rather, the Ksuba begins from the time that it's signed. When do you sign the Ksuba? Before you enter the Chuppah. When is the relationship severed? At the Chuppah. So uh, an hour later, five hours later, whatever it is, so the answer is the reason why the father gets the ksuba is because the ksuba does not stem the chiv ksuba does not stem from the kedushin, but it stems from the time that it was writing. When it was written, before it was before they got married. So therefore, the severing relationship happens later. Okay, and that would explain why if she aged out, she aged out. Then by the time they wrote the ksuba, she was already above twelve and a half. That's the gemara says. The gemara says, Eli Okay, fine. So the Chiyuvik Suba regarding the father who gets it is from the time that it's written. Here's the question. We know that when a, a man writes a Ksuba, he's owing her money. It creates naturally a lien on his property. And whatever property he had, a, when a man writes a Ksuba, let's say in the Ksuba it says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, let's say the Ksuba is $10,000. That means that the wife can collect $10,000. Now, if he has the cash good, and if not, then she can go to his property, and there's a lien on his property. When does the lien take effect? From the time that it's writing, or from to the time of Kedushan? We're saying right now, when it comes to the father's ability to, to, to get the money, it doesn't go by Kedushan, but maybe, regarding the lien on the husband's property, maybe it goes back to Kedushan. That's the Gemara's question. So the Gemara says, Mikva me'emas gavya, when... goes back to Kedushan, or goes back to when... When it's written... Those are the two choices. But not when the, not when the final thing happens, though. I reject the No, 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 for sure not, for sure not, for sure not. It's either from the time that it's written or Kedushan, a year earlier. Again, for us it's not relevant because it's all happening at the same time, but you have to really did Kedushan a year earlier. That's a, that's a major difference because that, that means that the property that he had a year before, is there's a lien on that property, and if he subsequently sold it, they can, they can collect. Same because of Kedushan, but you know, yeah, Kedushan... Correct. But you understand that, true, but, but because the Kedushin is leading to Nisuin, and Kedushin is done al-das Moshev Yisrael, and Moshev Yisrael required a Ksuba, I could see why it's like an assumed lean. I know, we don't write it then. I don't know, it's interesting. So that's the Gemara's question. Migva emas gavya. When does the lean on the property take effect? So, Amar Ravhuna, Mana, Masayim, in Eresin, Tefes, Min Nesun. Ravhuna says the main Ksuba, right? There's the main Ksuba, right? The Masayim Zuz, right? Or Mana for a widow. The main Ksuba, the main rabbinic requirement, goes into effect at Kedushin. Any additional things the husband wrote in, I have a car, blah, 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 all additional monies, that's from the time it was given. So he, he splits it up. That's Ravhuna's take. And Ravasi says, no, all of it takes effect at the Chopa, which is how we Paskin. So the question is like this, and we'll end with this. Rav Huna is saying that it's, you split it up. The main Ksuba takes effect at the time of Kedushin. Additional stuff later. Here's the question. Did Rav Huna actually say that? But it doesn't the Bryce say, 
Let's say the, the wife has two ksubas. The first one says 200. The second one says 300. They're written a month apart. So, which one could she collect? Rav Huna basically says, you could choose. You want the 200 from the earlier date, you could do that. You want 300 from the later date, you could do that. Now, by the way, why would anyone want less money? Because it's earlier, so the lien is earlier. So, if she wants the property, you understand, it, it might be smarter to go earlier when there's a lien. Because $200 is a year earlier, that means that the property, that means that the 200 uh, is a, has more liens, has more liens because it's older. Or potentially less or more, it depends on the guy. So why would she want to have because let's say the guy only had property during the time in between the 200 and the 300. By the time he wrote the 300, he didn't have any property, so there's no lien on that property, so it would be harder to collect. Whatever, I, I don't know. Or, or, or she, I, I, whatever. Point is, Ravuna is saying, you get to choose. You, you want 200, you go from the earlier time. You want 300, you go from the later time. Now, what does that have to do with anything? Here's the question. Vim Isa. If you're telling me that Rav Huna splits up, that the Iker Chiv starts from Kedushin, but the Tosefes starts from later, then why can't you collect the 300, collect it and split it up? 200 from the first time, 100 from the later time. Meaning, why don't you take 300 and instead of saying 300 is the Ksuba, make 200 the Iker Ksuba, 100 the non-Iker Ksuba, and you're telling me that the Iker Ksuba starts from Kedushin. So take the 300, split it up, 200 from Kedushin, 100 from later. That's the Gemara's Kasha. And the Gemara's answer is quite simple, and that is, you can't split up a Ksuba that way. If it's written in the Ksuba as the Tosefes, then it's a Tosefes. If it's just written in 300 then it's not, you can't make 200 and 100. It's either all or nothing. It's either the Iker or Tosefes. You don't have the right to split it up. I'll prove it to you. Because then why don't you, why don't you collect all 500 and say 200 is the main and 300 is, is the extra. The answer is, that's not what his intention was. His intention was not to make, to split it up. His intention was to give two distinctive Ksubas, earlier and later. And if you choose the earlier, then 200 is the Iker. If you choose the later, then 300 is Tosefes. You don't have the right to split it up. Uh, I, 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 again, it's a tough sugi because you have to know the laws of Ksuba pretty well. But the Gemara says, Vemisa, Tigvi Masai Mizman Rishnamayim Zasheni. So the Gemara says, Blitz, I make according to you, Tigvi Chamesh Meis. Why don't you just collect all 500? Masai Mizman Rishnamayim, Tlas Meim Mizman Sheni. 200 from the first time as the Iker and 300 as Tosef. So why don't you do that? El Chamesh Meis, my time at Legavia. Why don't you collect it? Kivan de Lekosav Lot Sevisa Vaisivilach Tlas Meia. Because it doesn't say in the Ksuba that these 300 are the Tosefes. So, What do you have to say? It's not one Ksuba that 200 is the Iker, 300 is Tosefes. It's two different Ksubas. You want to collect from the first and collect from the second. Go to the next page. So to over here, you can't split up the 300 and say, oh, 200 is the acre, 100 is the Tosefes. It doesn't work like that. It's either, it's either one Ksuba or not. And therefore, it's not a riot either way to Rav Hunashita. Okay, let's stop here. Last little, that last little bit is a, is a trickier, uh, trickier sugya.